Hello and welcome to this episode of Feet Play Love and Helpline with baby sleep expert Joe Ryan. This is your opportunity to ask any questions you may have about settling your baby, uh, feeding your toddler, dealing with tantrums, all those sorts of things that can sometimes trip us up as parents. Hi Joe, how are you? Hi, I'm well, thank you. The ways that you can ask your question, if you're joining us via Facebook, you can pop your question below this video. If you are listening via the podcast, email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. And of course, we also have a helpline group on Facebook. So you can find us there and always you can post your questions there as well. Let's start with a question from Serena. She says, hi, I'd love some tips on transitioning our 16-month-old down to one day sleep. We tried to merge his two day sleeps about a month ago, but he turned quite feral. Ha ha. <laughs> he, he only napped for one hour and started waking frequently at night and refusing to self-settle. Usually he self-settles fine through the night. So we thought it best to try again later. His regular routine is wake up at 6.37 then breakfast at 8 and then a short nap around 10.30, about 45 minutes. Lunch at 11.30, then a longer nap around 2 with dinner at 5 and bedtime around 6.45. But that first nap is getting shorter and shorter, so we think it's time to combine it into one nap. Do you have any tips for tweaking his routine so we can achieve one longer nap without wrecking his usually great nighttime sleep? Yeah. Okay. So it is, it is obviously a little, it's a transitional time when they move to one sleep. So it can disrupt things a little bit, but obviously we try to do it slowly. So um, either there's a couple of ways you could do it. You can either just um, push out the morning nap, you know, so um, uh, move it from 10, I think she said it was 10 or 1030, the morning nap, you know, yes, maybe make it maybe make it 11.30 or 12. Um, just depends on how tired he is. Um, or you can just drop the morning nap and move the afternoon one earlier, like to 12. So either way, you know, you, the result is that, you know, he's going down around midday rather than a bit later. However, because he's probably used to... So you just got to be careful not to... Uh, tire him out too much because he will shorten shorten his nap they generally at that age they tend to kind of sleep longer when they're overtired rather than shorter like they do when they're babies but it's it's a bit of a sort of trial and error so maybe start by moving it out to 11 30 like for an hour later drop the afternoon nap but bring bedtime earlier so don't have him, I'm not sure what time he's going to bed, but if he's going to bed at 6.45, she says. 6.45. Okay, that's quite early. So maybe you could even bring it back to 6 just for a little while um, just to kind of compensate for that long afternoon. Um, and, yeah, they do get used to it. It will take, you know, maybe a week for him to adjust, his body to adjust, three to five sort of days. Um, but just remember that, yes, he will be, uh, more tired on those days so maybe keep them a bit sort of quieter with too much stuff going on in the afternoon so he's really really exhausted but they do get it pretty quickly if we just are consistent yeah so good luck 
there's a question here from Steph on our Facebook. She says, my daughter who's six months old has been waking up hourly overnight for a breastfeed. She won't settle for anything else. She has two solid feeds a day and three one hour naps in the day. After each nap, I offer a breastfeed during the day. Please help these with these wake-ups. I'm so exhausted. I bet yeah. you are, Steph. That's yeah, that's hard. And an hourly <laughs> wake is terrible. But usually around six months, that's because of habit rather than actual sort of hunger. So they get very used to having the breast to go back to sleep. So every time they transition out of a deep sleep into a lighter sleep, they wake up, they think, oh, I need the boob again. And so it becomes this kind of vicious cycle. So I would recommend that during the day, rather than feeding her every time she wakes up, wait to and feed her when she's actually hungry. So she could maybe give her some solids when she wakes up and give her the breast closer to bed. Because what we want to do is as babies grow, they don't actually wake up because of hunger. They wake up because they've had their, their quota of sleep. You know, so if we're putting them on the breast every time or offering a feed every time they're awake and they're not that hungry, they'll have a little bit, but then they'll kind of get distracted and want to move on to some kind of activity. And so that causes them to snack, which means that, yes, they are generally a little bit under in terms of amount of milk that they've got in those daylight hours. So they can wake more frequently at night. However, she's having solids, so that should be compensating a little bit for that. But probably what we want is to have her big four, four big full milk feeds during the day. So I would do the routine of wake, play activity, feed when hungry, wind down, sleep, or wake solids, you know, a little bit of solids, play, activity, feed when hungry. So it's been at least an hour between food and milk okay so at least she's going to be nice and hungry and then wind down and then sleep um you know and then overnight every time she, she should only need two feeds a night maximum so they need to be at least four hours apart resettle her now i know that um she says she won't settle any other way she will it's just going to take a long time okay she will go back to sleep i promise you it's just going to take a long time. And so you have to be mentally prepared for that because it is quite, you know, it can take up to a couple of hours the first night. Get yourself a chair, sit yourself, set yourself up next to the cot so you can pat her. So pop her on her side when she wakes or, you know, if she's rolling, pat her on her bottom until she's asleep and pat her in a way so her body is rocking. You can certainly pick her up and cuddle her. If she's very distressed, calm her down, but put her back down, but just don't give her the breast just don't give her the milk once she's done that first night things will get better okay i promise you but you've got to be prepared for one hard night and things will improve and they can improve dramatically if you can stick through that first night and be consistent okay four hours at least between feeds overnight resettle at the other wakes try not to start resettling and then feed you know after an hour or so because that's just you're just going to do the same thing tomorrow night Okay, so feed till she goes back to sleep the next time she wakes. I mean, sorry, settle till she goes back to sleep the next time she wakes, feed. Following wake, settle till she goes back to sleep, settle till she goes back to sleep, you know, and then it'll, it'll get better, I promise you, it'll get better. And I always wondered when you start out doing something that is quite a different change for the baby, how long should you give yourself? I know you mentioned it could take an hour or so the first night, but how many nights do you keep going if 
it's if it's uh, taking a while to change? Well, look, in my experience, um, I would prefer you to keep going because it does eventually work. And if it doesn't, like if it's not changing at all after three nights, you know, three to five nights, if there's been no change and you can honestly say you've been really consistent, you know, then we need to look at what else might be going on, okay? But generally these things are habitual. You know, generally they're about body clock, waking out of habit, you know, having a really strong sleep association with, you know, sucking back to sleep, either the breast, the dummy, rocking, being rocked in your arms. You know, they have this association with sleep that they think they need in order to go back to sleep. And so they will continue to ask for that until they get it, you know. So that's by, but babies are incredibly great learners. You know, their, their brains are wanting to learn. They're taking on new information all the time, but it's up to us to show them um, and be consistent in what we're showing them. Because if we're not consistent, we confuse them and then the sleeping goes out the window because they're like, oh, I'm waking, I'm awake. Am I going to get the breast? Am I going to be padded? Is she going to pick me up? Is she, you know, so they don't know. So they often will wake more because they're a bit all over the shop. So just be consistent, show her what you're trying to do and they get it, they get it. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, we have a question from Rhiannon on Facebook. She said, she says, should I wake my 11-week-old from naps? My 11-week-old is doing amazing with sleeps now after some hard work. She self-settles for all sleeps and 50% of naps she resettles. And the other half, I have to help with a little patting. She currently feeds between three to four hours, wakes in the morning around 6 to 7 a.m. and bed for the night between 6 and 6.30, depending on the last nap. Sleeping well at night, a dream feed at 10, 10.30, and then another around 2 or 3 a.m. My little one isn't doing much awake time between 45 minutes to one hour, sometimes one hour 15. I follow tired signs instead of the clock. Her naps range from 45 minutes to four hours. Her morning nap is the biggest. For example, this morning, woke at 6.20 a.m. I kept her up till 7.15 and I end up waking her at 11. Should I be capping her naps or is there an act? an age I should start capping them and when should I push the awake times okay well that's great like that's um you know brilliant to have such an amazing sleeper but yes I would think that so they do have a quota of sleep and obviously we're all different and some of us need more sleep than others but generally um I think at this age around three months I would maybe be capping her day naps at sort of two, two and a half hours. Because I think the thing is that what may happen as she grows, and I have seen this a lot, like they're amazing sleepers when they're tiny, but then they kind of hit four months and things go out the window a little, three to four months. And um, she might start making waking more at night if she's getting too much sleep in the day. So maybe cap it at sort of uh, like maybe five hours maximum day sleep, you know, um, and then let her kind of sleep on more at night. So maybe two, two and a half, you know, at her age, and if she's having those really long sleeps, she probably only needs three naps in a day, you know, two hours for the first one, two hours for the second one, and maybe, you know, and at 45 minutes to an hour for the third one might get her through to 6.37. 
you know, um, otherwise she could have two long ones and two short ones. That's generally the pattern. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, that's great. That's great. And the fact that she's self-settling is really, really good um, because that's the key to her sort of sleep um, and not catnapping, you know, as much and that sort of thing. So, yeah, good, you know, I think that's great. And good luck. Yeah, but I think if you cap her naps and, you know, you won't sort of disrupt her nights as she grows. The next question comes from Kobe. She says, our daughter is two and two months old and still has a milk bottle before bed each night. She has never slept particularly well. During the night, she wakes quite often, crying and thrashing around, wanting another bottle. And the only way to resettle her is to give it to her. We're really wanting to stop the bottles as they are just a comfort thing and not something she actually needs. And I worry about the damage to her teeth. However, we also have an 11-month-old who still has a bottle before bed and who also wakes frequently most nights. Mm -hmm. All our bedrooms are close together, so letting either child cry it out isn't really an option as they both wake their other sister. My husband and I just don't know where to begin to get everyone sleeping better at night and get our older daughter off the nighttime bottles. Help! <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news is that with the older child, it, it won't take that long. So I would sort of just start, stop the bedtime ritual of giving her the bottle. I'm not sure if she's actually falling asleep with the bottle or if it's just she has the bottle, she puts it out, she goes to sleep. If she's falling asleep with the bottle, then yes, that that for both children, that is a habit that can cause waking overnight. Um, but also the waking overnight and getting a bottle um, will you know, means she will continue to wake for that. So I would recommend instead of getting a bottle, maybe having a cup of milk before bed and maybe doing that with the stories or that whatever part, you know, if you're doing some books before bed, sit her on your lap and read the stories and give her the milk then. So she's drinking the milk, the milk's done, then she goes to bed and she puts herself to sleep without the bottle. Overnight, if she wakes, um, then you explain to her that there is no more bottles, okay? And I know that, like I said to the previous caller, it will take a long time for her to go back to sleep, but she will go back to sleep. You've just got to see through that first night. Um, and then, so, you know, sit with her. Don't let her cry it out. Stay with her the whole time. She will cry. She will be distressed, but try to soothe her in whatever way you can. Patting her bottom, patting her back, rubbing her back, rubbing her forehead, giving her a cuddle, but making sure that she's falling back to sleep in her bed, not in your arms, okay? And she will do that eventually. And once you've got through the first night, things will improve. They're very clever little things. Same with your 11-month-old. She could have a bottle before bed, but try to do it out of the cot or on your lap, you know, so that she's finishing the bottle. The bottle is going away and then she's going into the cot and she's falling asleep in the cot, okay? But ultimately, if you wanted to, I mean... 11 months old is still, you know, she still needs that sort of milk before bed. So I, would, I wouldn't sort of worry about dropping that just yet, but doing it outside the bed or her in the cot where you're feeding her. So you're actually doing it yourself and then you're finishing the bottle and taking it away and then she's rolling over and going to sleep. Um, you know, um, that can help. And also overnight, if she's waking for the bottle, just the same process, pat her back to sleep. At 11 months old, she shouldn't really need a feed overnight if she's eating and drinking enough in the day. Pat her back to sleep. First night will be tough. You know, then it'll get better. So, you know, maybe focus on one child at the first. I would maybe start with the toddler and then move to the baby. 
<laughs> yeah, mm. one battle at a time. <laughs> right, that's right. This question comes from Rob on Facebook. He says, my daughter and granddaughter, um, the granddaughter's two years old, live with me. My question is, my daughter has let my granddaughter sleep with her, sleep with her every night. My daughter's husband is sleeping in another room since he works third shift. You're, you're an ex-nurse. I guess you know what that means. <laughs> Early yeah. shift? Night shift. I don't Night know. shift, right. So they feel this is fine, but I think it's hard for a husband and wife's relationship. I always thought a child should have their own bed. At what age should a child move to their own bed? Should I mind my own business? <laughs> I've shared your website with my daughter, but she never seems to make time to ask questions from professionals. I have a response for that, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, well, Rob, it's really nice of you to be concerned, you know, and I think that that's, you know, a grandparent's place and they're living with you. But I do think it's totally up to your daughter to to do what she feels is right um, for her child. And some babies, some parents are quite happy doing that for the time being, you know, and I think if it's working for them, um, then I think we need to just let them do it, you know, and in their own time, if they decide that it's time and they've had enough, then they may seek, you know, advice. And I know it's hard to kind of sit by and think, oh, my God, I, you know, they should be doing it this way. But, again, I just really think that if you can just, you know, take a deep breath, you know, have a stiff drink, whatever it is, it'll get you through. But just kind of turn the other way, you know, I think. And, um, you know, until it's a problem for them, then people aren't going to, go, aren't going to seek advice. And I think unsolicited advice particularly from their parent our parents you know can be taken the wrong way mm. so um, I think where you're coming from is really great the place you're coming from you know is is you know kind and wanting to help um, you know and I'm sure at some point you know the child your granddaughter will not always sleep in your daughter's bed mm. things do change yeah um, and I, I can say from experience that both of our kids have slept with us and um, I, I think maybe to put your mind at ease, I'm still with my husband <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we do still have a great relationship. Sometimes we miss being in the same bed because we're still not sleeping in the same bed, but he also snores. So I'm actually quite a strong proponent of <laughs> separate beds with couples. <laughs> I love my yeah. husband. We still manage to have intimate time together, um, all of those things, but I Dan, when they're small and you don't get much sleep anyway, sleep's so important. Mm. I can't tell you how cranky I was once my kids started sleeping through and my husband started, well, kept snoring. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I need to sleep. So I, I, I would concur with um, Joe and say it's lovely for you to be concerned about it. But um, I think, you know, uh, things change and evolve and um, mm. the the kids will move out of the bed and you, your daughter might still love her husband and still not want to sleep mm. in the same bed as him. So yeah, yeah, I wouldn't let it bother you so much, especially if they both seem fine with it. I think the problem comes when they're not on a level, like if the husband mm. wants to sleep together again, or the mum wants to sleep together again, that's when there's a problem. But before then, I don't, I think mm. that it actually can work really well. So hopefully yeah. that helps Rob. Yeah. We have another question on Facebook from Catherine. She says, my son wakes every hour and every time I put him back in his cot, he'll wake. He'll be four months on Saturday. 
every hour of a night or every hour in the day? She doesn't specify? No, Catherine, if you get a chance to pop that in, that would be wonderful. Well, um, either way, either way, it's not great. No. Um, and I think, <laughs> um, I think that it sounds like she's putting him to sleep in her arms or on the breast or in the bottle and then putting him down to sleep and he's waking up. So, Catherine, um, babies do do that. Like if they fall asleep somewhere other than their cot or their bed, um, they will wake when they know, particularly as they get older and four months is a, is a sort of a particular age where they get much more attuned to what's going on around them. Um, and so as soon as you meet, move him, he'll be a bit like, you know, of oh, what's happening, you know, I'm, I'm being moved. And they come, become a bit hypervigilant about being moved when they're asleep. So my advice to you is that I would try to resettle him or put him back to sleep in his bed. It will take a bit longer to start with, but ultimately it will mean that those hourly wakes will stop and eventually he'll get used to it. So I would pat him back to sleep. So if he's lying on his back, pat him on his arm or on his chest or under his bottom, or you could roll him onto his side and hold him securely and then pat him in a way so his little bottom little body is rocking like that and then once he's asleep you could gently rock him back onto his back um but i think um that will be the key to him all those wakes stopping all those wakes and yeah they do get very um they wake very frequently when they're falling asleep somewhere other than their bed and you're trying to put them back to bed as soon as they're back on that mattress they're a bit like where am i yeah mm -hmm. And she mm -hmm. did add that it was every hour at night. So, Catherine, we are feeling yes. for you. Yeah. And if you're feeding fun. him every hour, again, try to stretch those out. So maybe feed him every four, four hourly um, overnight. I think at four months, you know, and he's a good weight, that should, that should work overnight as long as he's sort of getting enough feeds in the day. So sort of, you know, maybe resettle one wake, feed the next, resettle the next wake, feed the next if you can. And hopefully those periods of sleep will stretch out to two hours, three hours, you know, four hours, you know, and mm. you'll find things are, you know, getting back to normal. Yeah. And hopefully you're getting a bit of a kip in the day too, Catherine. Mm. That's your, what your nights are like. Mm. And um, we've got a question here from Joe. Mm. Another Joe. No, Hi. Great name. Yeah, it's a very good name. Hi, I'm after advice to stop my six-month-old's dummy dependency. He needs it to fall asleep, but every time it falls out, he wakes up immediately and needs us to put it back in for him. It's really disrupting his sleep and ours, but how do we wean him off the thing, the one thing that comforts him to sleep in the first place? He's still so tiny and I hate to take it off him, but I fear he'll never get into good sleep habits if this dummy issue continues. Yeah, the dummy. You know, I've said this many times on this show, but um, I call it your frenemy because it's, you know, it's great, but you also hate it because it causes problems, you know? Yeah. So it's like, what do I do with this thing? Do I get rid of it? Do I keep it? Um, but yeah, it can be horrible at this age and it does cause multiple waking overnight because they're just too little. He's just too little to be able to find it and put it back in. And that won't happen for at least another five, six months. You know, so some people are like, oh, I'll live with that. But other people are like, absolutely not. So there's there's a few things you could do. You could keep the dummy for him to settle off to sleep, okay? And then every time he wakes overnight, you will have to resettle him without it. 
okay? So get him to learn to go back to sleep without that dummy in his mouth. Um, and, you know, again, it will take a couple of hard nights. He will go back to sleep. He will, absolutely. But he is going to be very, very upset that he's not got, he hasn't got that dummy, okay? Um, I also think it's a good time, you know, if he's moving about in the cot to introduce maybe a comforter as well, rather than something else, rather than a dummy, something small, soft, uh, that he can maybe put in his hands, because often babies that like dummies like something, you know, they need a sort of comforter of some, some description. So replacing it with something else can help. Um, the dummy is a very strong, that sucking to sleep is a very, very strong association. So often they'll want to suck on something because that's how they've always gotten back to sleep. So if he could put the corner of, you know, a little sort of clothy thing, you know, sometimes that can replace it. Um, again, um, it'll be tough for the first couple of nights, but they do go back to sleep. Okay, you've just got to see it through. There'll be one period in the night that he will be awake for a long time. The other wakes will be shorter and then he'll get used to it. Alternatively, after a couple of nights, you could then try getting him to sleep without the dummy. It's much harder. The going off to sleep is a harder thing because he's got to learn how to do it without it. So it might take a bit longer. You might need to do some padding, quite a bit of padding uh, to help him and then pair that back. So you need to decide what you can and can't live with. You know, if you think that the dummy after a while, him going to sleep with the dummy, but then he's managing to sort of get back to sleep in the night without it, then that's great, you know. Otherwise, you kind of rip the Band-Aid off and go, okay, we're just going to get rid of it all together. They do get used to some, not having it, but it is a bit intense for a couple of days. Yes. Ah, just remembering all those times when the baby, when they're small and how hard it is when they don't mm. sleep. And I know. It is. I know. And it becomes a bit obsessive too. You know, we get obsessed with the sleep because obviously we're sleep deprived too and we just want our sleep. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, another four, five, six months of hourly wakes in the night is hard to do. Yeah. So the other thing is if you can get your partner to help because, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's, well, it's always easier when you've got someone else to share that load if you can. Um, just, you know, someone do one night, one do the next, or one do one wake, one do the next wake, just so that you've got some support. Start this thing on a Friday night so you've got the weekend, you know, with, with your partner at home if, if they're available on the weekends, you know, and around, just so you can have a sleep during the day if you need to. But, look, the good news is it does pass pretty quickly for a six-month-old, you know, a um, couple of nights and things should be better. Well, what a positive note to end on. Jay, thank you so much for your help today. Thanks for answering all those questions. You're very welcome. And thank you, everyone, for your questions. If you didn't get a chance to put that question to Joe, remember you can book a one-on-one -on -one session with her through Babyology's Parent School. The links will be below this Facebook Live or in the notes of the episode if you're listening via podcast. We will be back next week answering more questions. Joe, see you next time. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.